morning, IBCM. It's uh, Wednesday, September 1st, and welcome to our daily time of Bible study and prayer. So glad that you are joining with me this morning, and I'm praying that you are already having a good start to your day. Um, hopefully, you've had a time uh, on your own in which you've been with the Lord this morning in Scripture and prayer, and now is a good time for us to be together, to have a joint uh, quiet time, a joint time of, of uh, reading and studying God's Word and, and a time of prayer together. Let's begin uh, by reading a few verses from the 31st Psalm, Psalm 31, verses 19 to 24. Hear the word of the Lord. How great is your goodness that you have stored up for those who fear you and accomplished in the sight of everyone for those who take refuge in you. You hide them in the protection of your presence. You conceal them in a shelter from human schemes, from quarrelsome tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his faithful love to me in a city under siege. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. But you heard the sound of my pleading when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful ones. The Lord protects the loyal, but fully repays the arrogant. Be strong and let your heart be courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Fantastic psalm for us today, reminding us of God's goodness, of God's oversight in our lives, of God's protection and uh, his faithfulness to us, and reminder that when we put our faith and our trust in God, uh, he endows us by his spirit with courage to endure our circumstances and to stand firm in our faith. Let's, let's pray this passage. Let's spend some time worshiping God in prayer. Lord, we first of all want to thank you for your goodness. Thank you for storing up for us our reward in heaven. Thank you for accomplishing what is good in your sight in our lives. We praise you, Lord, because uh, though we are not immune from sickness or harm uh, or any of those uh, experiences on life which can be difficult and hard and sometimes painful, we do endure suffering. But in the suffering, in the pain, in, in the enduring of, of earthly circumstances and consequences, we have your eternal presence, we have your eternal power, and we have your spiritual protection. What can man do to us? Lord, we are saved, and we've been given a gift of eternal life. We have a hope in heaven. So we praise you that you have shown your wonderful, faithful love to us. We praise you, Lord, that in our alarm and fear, when we cry out to you, you hear us. You hear the sound of our prayer, and you come to our aid. You remind us that you have not orphaned us, that you are present, that you know our trouble, and that you have a solution for the problem. Lord, develop in us a deep love for you. Develop in us a... Um, steadfast faith in which we remain faithful to you, loyal to you. We pray 
for your Holy Spirit to give us strength, to give us courage, to continue to focus our hope and our trust in the Lord. We thank you, God, and praise you. Now, Lord, we also want to take just a few moments before we read your word. We want to take a few moments to intercede for those who are on our prayer list. Lord, today we want to pray for our uh, City of Light team, those that are leading our church to develop a network of other churches around our city, an urban mission network in which we collaborate and cooperate and work together to make disciples and plant disciple-making churches throughout this city. We recognize, Lord, that there are churches like us who are planting churches and making disciples. But, Lord, we see that a coordinated effort of uh, families of God, local churches, a coordinated effort, can have a great impact on our city, where still, after, after 60 years, or more of evangelical churches here in this city, there is still a, a huge majority. In fact, about seven out of 10 people in this city do not know Jesus as their savior. So we need a coordinated effort working together to reach the lost. So we pray for our team who is building that network and developing a strategy for our church and other churches to join together to make disciples in this city. Give them wisdom, give them insight, give them creativity. And Lord, while we are developing this strategy and developing the network of churches, we're praying for your Holy Spirit to move throughout our city, preparing a harvest, preparing the hearts of people to hear the gospel, to respond to our um, practical offering of compassion and love to meet their physical and emotional needs. We're praying for barangay captains and city mayors and other government officials who we will work with, that you will give us favor, provide people of peace and communities where we will work. Lord, as we prepare during this season of pandemic in which we cannot be moving about freely in, in uh, new places, we, we're praying that you prepare us and prepare the city for our witness. Lord, we also want to pray this morning for some members of our church family who need uh, prayer. We want to pray for the Ukol family who have a, a, a need to, uh, to uh, enroll their daughter Kay in, uh, in college. And so Lord, we're praying that you'll meet their financial need and, and uh, that if there are some in our church family who would want to help that you would inspire them to uh, reach out to our church and find a way to help them meet this need. Or we pray for the Nair family, uh, refugees from, from uh, Pakistan who are here in, in our community and in our church. We pray, Lord, that you will strengthen them, give them uh, understanding of the future you have planned for them, provide all their needs, and, and continue to point us to ways that we can love them and, and care for them. Lord, we pray for the uh, uh, Feliciano family. We pray, Lord, for um, uh, Eva and her daughter, Precious. And we pray, Lord, that you will uh, provide the medications that Precious needs uh, desperately each day. 
and strengthen Eva as she is responsible for her daughter, Precious. Lord, today we also want to pray for those who are sick. We want to lift up Emil Aram, who is waiting for a heart procedure. We pray that you will continue to keep his heart healthy enough to sustain him while he waits for that treatment. We pray for Christy Manalo, who recently had a stroke. We pray, Lord, for recovery, for strength, for uh, financial provisions, for her medication and treatments. We pray for Manny, her husband, who is attending to her and the whole family. We just pray, Lord, that you will take care of these people whom we love. We pray for uh, Eugenio Guerrero, uh, Eunice and Faye's dad, who is, uh, will be having cataract surgery soon. We pray, Lord, that you will heal his eyes, but more importantly, you will hear, heal his spirit, that he will come to know Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. Which leads me, Lord, to praying for these by their first names, these who need salvation. Ansel, Sharon, John, Charmaine, Jay, Kathleen, Jericho, Noel, Carlo, Antonio, Patrick, and Jumbin. Lord, we pray that you will bring a gospel influence in their lives, either a person or the scripture or some other circumstance in their lives that will open their hearts to their need for salvation. We pray that your Holy Spirit will give them the faith to believe in Christ Jesus as Savior. And Lord, today we want to lift up our church planters out in the field, that you will strengthen them for the work, that you will give them favor in their communities, that you will give them uh, wisdom of your word as they disciple the members of their church, and that you will prepare the hearts of those in their communities who they will be sharing the gospel with this week. We thank you for these men and women who are faithfully serving you um, as part of our outreach into the world. Lord, now we pray that um, you will open our eyes to see the beauty of your truth in your word so that we can not only have the knowledge, the information, but that we will have the heart for obedience. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you for praying with me. Um, I know we spend uh, a good bit of time um, praying each morning. And, and uh, I know that uh, if you're watching, you know, you're watching this video and you're seeing me with my eyes shut, my head bowed. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're praying together. We can't be in the same room together, but we can still pray together on, in this Zoom room. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you're praying along with me each morning. Uh, so let's, let's now turn our, our hearts and our eyes toward the scriptures. Just to uh, recap, uh, on Sunday, as, as we continue to um, discover and refresh our memories about uh, our values as a church family, we looked at the value of God's word on Sunday. We studied 2 Timothy 3, 10 to 17, uh, underscoring the fact that God's word is, the Bible is God's trustworthy word. It's God breathed. And we found many points of value in our lives. And so this week we are drilling into uh, more of the details of how to uh, study and apply 
God's word, developing the skills so that we uh, are good students of God's word. We talked Monday about the, the importance of attitude, that we need to have the attitude that we're going to keep God's word and we're going to search it with all of our hearts. Um, and uh, today uh, we're going to look at 2 Timothy 2.15, 2 Timothy 2.15. We've, I've mentioned this passage a few times this week. We're going to look at it specifically today. 2 Timothy 2.15, and we're going to use this passage to, for, to understand uh, what I call the four C's of biblical application, interpretation and application. So those are skills that we need to um, be good students of the word and to apply it to our, our lives for obedience. So let me read that verse, 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Now, in some translations, the, the verse begins with uh, the word study, study to present yourself to God as one approved. The reason why some translators uh, use the word study is because the diligence that Paul is talking about here is in direct relation to handling the word of truth. Some translations say rightly or correctly handling the word of truth. The, uh, this translation, the uh, Christian Standard Bible, interprets that Greek word into the phrase correctly teaching the word of truth. So again, be diligent or study to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, correctly teaching or rightly handling the word of truth. So looking at this passage, let's focus on, as I said a minute ago, the four C's of good application, good study and application of God's word. The four C's are context, content, contextualize, and then conviction. Context, content, contextualize, conviction. So let's talk about those four C's individually. First of all, context. It's very important that when we are reading and studying God's word, that we, get, we begin by understanding the context of the passage. And so we've talked about this before, understanding and, and knowing what, uh, what uh, precedes the passage and then what follows the passage. So when we're reading 2 Timothy 2.15, it's important to know uh, the, what Paul is saying in those verses prior to verse 15, verses 1 to 14. But it's also good to look at what Paul is saying after that verse. So what does he continue to say? It's also important to look at the whole book. And so let's think about the context of this verse. Uh, it's important for us to know that Timothy was one of Paul's disciples. Timothy traveled with Paul on his second and third missionary journey, journeys. And so Paul has already developed a deep personal relationship with Timothy. He not only discipled him and trained him, but we know from the letter 
that Paul calls Timothy his son. So not a biological son, but a spiritual son. So there is a deep connection. There is a father-son love and relationship between Paul and Timothy. We also know that Paul left Timothy in Ephesus. He placed him there to be a pastor in the church in Ephesus. The church needed support, needed encouragement, needed a, a young pastor who was thoroughly trained in the scriptures because there were some difficulties in Ephesus. It was a difficult city, and it was a difficult, there were some difficult things happening in the church in Ephesus. So Timothy was placed there to provide good guidance and sound doctrine for the church in Ephesus. It's also important to know that this is Paul's last letter. Paul was in prison for the second time. He was in prison uh, for a while, he was released and was free for a couple of years. And then under Nero, the emperor Nero, he was arrested again and uh, was ultimately executed. And we're pretty sure that this is Paul's last letter. He is facing death. He knows it. And so that means that Paul is uh, communicating to Timothy his final words of encouragement. He's passing the torch, so to speak. To Timothy. So this, this, knowing this context helps us understand the importance and the significance of what Paul is, is saying to Timothy here. Timothy's in a difficult place. Paul is in a difficult place. He's facing his physical death, and he's wanting to instruct Timothy to be intense, intensely committed and devoted to sound doctrine. When we look at the verses following verse 16, verse 15, we see that Paul uh, talks uh, about uh, standing firm, uh, avoiding wickedness, standing firm against wickedness and wicked teachers. He calls out two men, uh, Hymenaeus and uh, Philetus, who were spreading false doctrine like gangrene in the church. So, so this highlights and emphasizes the, the profound and significant nature of what Paul is, is teaching us. So context is really everything when we're studying scripture. To understand the meaning, which is the content of the passage, it's very important for us to understand the context of the passage. So let's move to the content. And, and when we're looking at the content of the passage, <clears throat> we're giving close uh, observation, not only to who is writing and who is reading, are hearing the passage, but, but what is being said? And we observe the, the words and the phrases that uh, appear to us to be significant. Now, now remember, yesterday's lesson was that we handle scripture with prayer. Uh, being a prayerful person is a necessary skill for rightly uh, understanding God's word. And so to understand the content here requires that we approach it prayerfully, but also uh, understanding the, the words and the grammar. So be diligent there. That word diligent describes an intensity. It, it, it's used, uh, it was, it's used in, in military terms to describe the movement of troops. The, the captain has given uh, mar marching orders, a command, and the troops are moving speedily and diligently in obedience to that command. So the, the word carries this impact of, of speed, intensity, diligence, 
uh, uh, an inner desire to complete the command that has been given to us. That's an important, it's important for us to understand the meaning of this passage. Let's look at the word uh, uh, approved. That word approved describes a, uh, someone who has been tested and proved genuine. It's a word that was used in Paul's day to um, make sure that a coin was genuine and uncorrupt. And so we are diligent with God's word because we want to make sure that we are not corrupting God's word, that we are not corrupt, that we are genuinely in obedience to the word and genuinely communicating the true word of God to people. We are approved. We are genuine. Let's look at the word worker. That word describes in Paul's day a field laborer, someone who worked in the fields. So either a wheat field or a barley field or maybe uh, a, a cucumber field. So the idea is a person who is working in the field, uh, preparing land, uh, planting, cultivating, harvesting, uh, taking care of uh, storing the crops away. So it describes a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, Paul says. So Paul here is, is using this uh, imagery of a field laborer who completes the task. Uh, when the owner of the field comes to check on the work, the laborer is not going to be ashamed of his work. He's going to have a sense of pride and accomplishment that he has done all that the master has instructed him to do. And then that word correctly teaching or in other translations, rightly handling the word of truth. It, it, that word means actually to cut straight. So it has the idea that we're not corrupting God's word, that we're following straight lines to understand, obey, and communicate God's word. All these words, this content has great meaning. So let's talk about, um, so we have context, we have, we have content, and then we have the third C is contextualize. So when we understand the context and we uh, diligently understand uh, the meaning of the content, then we contextualize that meaning. So which, which simply means to place the truthful meaning of a passage in a new context, specifically my own context. So to understand this, let's consider a clock face. So we have a clock face, and on that clock face, we see the minute hand that is sweeping around the clock face. And so let's consider 12 o'clock at the top. Let's consider this word, specific application. In God's word, there, is, there were specific applications. The specific application here is Paul's command, Paul's exhortation to Timothy. So he is instructing Timothy to be diligent, to work as one who is an approved labor, who is not ashamed, but one who is, who is cutting a straight path through the word and correctly interpreting the word for his life. So that is the specific uh, application in the passage. Then, it, then we can move to a more, a, a more local specific application. So that is the spe specific application for 
Timothy's day, but there's also a specific application for our day. So the specific application for our day, so we might consider that, you know, three o'clock on the dial, is this is a word that is specific, has specific meaning for pastors and church leaders today. Every pastor and every church leader has responsibility to be uh, to be diligent, to be intense, to be quick about uh, rightly handling and teaching and obeying the word of God. We are laborers in God's field, and we need to be genuine. We need to be unashamed. So it's a specific application for pastors and leaders in the church today. So when we move down to six o'clock on the dial, we, move, we have moved from specific to universal. There's a universal application for all time, for all people. And what is that application? Well, who are laborers in God's field? It's not just pastors and elders or leaders in the church, is it? It's all of us. Every follower of Jesus is a laborer in the field. Uh, every follower of Jesus, every disciple, every church member has a responsibility to be God's work people in the field. The field is the world. We are responsible for getting heart soil ready for the gospel. We're responsible for planting seeds of the gospel. We're responsible for cultivating those seeds that we've planted. And we're responsible for harvesting those seeds, leading people into a saving faith relationship with Jesus, and then discipling them. So every one of us is a laborer, a worker in God's field. So there is a universal application and meaning for each one of us. Every follower of Jesus who is a laborer in God's field has a responsibility to be diligent, to be uh, speedy about reading, studying, understanding, applying, and obeying God's word. As, we, as, the, as the minute hand continues to sweep around the dial, we eventually come back to 12 o'clock. And remember that 12 o'clock was specific. So we start with specific at 12 o'clock, the specific application for that day, three o'clock, the specific application for our day, six o'clock, the specific, the universal application for all people. And now as the hand moves back to 12, we move back to specific. And what am I talking about? A specific application for me not just pastors and leaders in Timothy's day and my day, not just everyone, all believers, but God is saying something specific, something personal to me. The fact that this letter from Paul to Timothy was protected and preserved and considered to be God-breathed, God's inspired word, tells us that God has something specific to say to me. So, that leads us to the fourth C, context, content, contextualize, conviction. What is God saying to me? Am I diligent? Does God approve my work in the field? Is there anything that would cause me shame in my obedience to God's word? Am I so diligent? and interactive, and, and a, hurried, a hurried response to God's command. I may not be teaching a Bible study, 
but by my life, I am teaching God's word. So this is my life cutting a straight path for others who are observing me, a straight path to the truth of God's word. Is there something that needs to be corrected in my life? Is there something that needs to be improved in my workmanship? What is the personal specific word that God is saying to me? And what is my conviction in response? You see how important that is? And let me go back to context again. It's so important that we understand the context so that we can understand the meaning and how to apply it to our lives. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul instructs the women in the church in Corinth not to pray or teach without their heads covered. So in other words, he's instructing women to always have their heads covered when they pray or teach in, in uh, the assembly of, of the church in worship. Now, if we don't understand the context of that passage, we might conclude that Paul is commanding all women to have their heads covered for all times. But when we understand the context, we understand that Paul was speaking to a local problem. Uh, there was a movement among women of that day, not unlike the women's liberation movement of the 1960s and 70s in my own home country in the USA, in which women were denouncing male dominance over them, and they were taking action. The same thing was happening in that day in Corinth. Women were rebelling against the leadership of and dominance of men. And so to flaunt their supposed liberation, uh, women in the city were removing the head coverings. Now, the head covering in that day was a symbol that the one woman was taken in marriage. It was a symbol that she was under the authority and leadership of her husband. So this would cause great problems in the church. For one thing, the Bible teaches that the woman is to be submissive to the leadership of her husband. For another thing, it uh, would come across in that day as immodest, uh, not truthful, and it might cause problems among those who would not know that woman who might think that she is unmarried and make advances toward her, which was very common in that day. So Paul is not giving a universal command. He's giving a specific command to that specific problem. So our challenge is to contextualize that passage in our day. And without going deeper, because we're running out of time this morning, we would say that the, that the, uh, this, the, the application for our day is that women should be modest. Women should be, continue to uh, live under the spiritual leadership of her husband, and there should be um, order, and that we should not bring the world's mindset into the church. So you see, understanding the context helps us understand the content, which helps us rightly contextualize, which leads us to a proper conviction. I hope this has been useful for you. And before we go, let's not forget what Paul is telling us today, specifically, that we are to be diligent. We are to be intentional, intense about studying God's word, and we are to hurry to obedience so that as workers, we are approved, not ashamed, correctly handling, teaching, 
communicating the truth of God's word, not only within our church family, not only within our families, but outside in the world so that people can see the truth of God. Let's pray that God's Holy Spirit will build in us that diligence to read, study, understand, apply, and obey God's word today. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you so much for its instruction in our lives. And we pray, Lord, that you, by your spirit and by experience and practice and uh, um, daily engaged in your word, that, we, that you will develop in us that diligence, that skill of understanding and applying your word in our lives. We pray, Lord, that we will be quick to obey, remembering, Lord, that usually delayed obedience is actually disobedience. So, Lord, may we be quick to obey your word today and um, live in a way that brings glory to you and peace in our own hearts, knowing that we have our work is approved and our work is genuine and it is effective. Now, Lord, I pray for these brothers and sisters of mine who are with me in Bible study and prayer today. I pray that you will uh, provide all of their needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus, that you will continue to protect us, keep us healthy. Uh, even in this pandemic, Lord, give us opportunities using email or social media, uh, a variety of ways to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We look forward to the opportunities today to experience you, to love you, to serve you. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Thank you so much for uh, being with me today in Bible study and prayer. I pray you'll have a great day today and that God will continue to reveal himself to you in ways that just inspire you to love him and to live faithfully and loyal in his service. Have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow morning.